0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today.
1: Oh my goodness! It's only preseason, but I'm high Jimmy G. Fox.
2: We're ready to roll. Tim's back from Florida, not even looking that lobsterish, and Stacy's back from Paris after having a good time overseas. Oh, wee oui, wee oui. Why don't we start there? That that was a, that was a great trip. It seemed like the players, the coaches, everybody had a lot of fun, including our own Stacy King.
3: Yeah, uh, Mark, it was an awesome trip. Had three days <laughs> off. Uh, got a chance to see the Eiffel Tower. Got to go to all the see Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa is the name. <laughs> uh, we had a great time. I think all the players had a great time. They looked fresh. I was really surprised with yeah. the way they came out and played that game against uh, Detroit. Had a lot of energy. They didn't look fatigued at all. Uh, great having DeMar DeRozan back. And it was, it was a good win. That's two wins in a row. Uh, before we went out to uh, Paris, we beat Golden State at home. So that was a big win yeah. for us. And Vooch so, had a huge game. So that's, uh, you know, we're starting to look good
2: now. Let's get back to the, the Paris trip I saw on your social media, posted a bunch of photos from the Eiffel Tower, different uh, museums and stuff. Uh, you normally don't go out that much on the road, but you made a point to get to see all the sites in Paris with uh, Adam <laughs> and uh, Mark Brady and some yes. of the security guys. Yes. No, no, we didn't go in the security guy because we didn't need security. Okay. OK, we don't need security. I'm,
3: I'm a man of the people. Okay, I was voted one of the, the sexiest men in Paris. <laughs> you don't need security when you when you when you're one of the sexiest men in Paris. Well, sometimes that's exactly why you need security. Yeah, we had we had a, we had a, I had a you know a German escort. You know, we had a, a model. Uh, she escorted us around Paris. Uh, mm-hmm. She's from Chicago. Uh, her name is Susanna. Shout out to Susanna, who's right now in Mannheim, Germany. She went back to Germany, uh, but she took us around uh, Paris and showed us a good time, a real good time,
4: mm-hmm. real real good time.
3: I mean. <laughs> No, come on, guys, get your minds out the gutter.
4: Yeah, okay, Mr. Moulin Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, if you're America. watching
2: the YouTube feed, you see America. the you see, see the cover, "Stacy in Paris." Listen, it's like, hey. yeah, yes. they sold
4: three copies. I heard.
2: Wow. wow. I hate Tim's ready hey, to go. There, he's got to there you go. There he's got. It. He's been saving up that one.
4: He, he's
3: been waiting to <laughs> say that. All day. Yeah, look All at him. Day. Look at him. No, but seriously, though, we had a great time. It was it was a lot of fun because I went there. I think when I was 25 Mm -hmm. and I didn't really appreciate all the things at that age. I didn't appreciate the artwork, um, the architecture, the buildings, you know, I didn't, I didn't really appreciate like I do now that I'm in my fifties. Yeah. Uh, I have an appreciation for art. I have appreciation for, you know, the structures of the buildings and the history that went along with Paris. And so uh, I really enjoyed this trip. I really enjoyed this trip. And I didn't know because I haven't been, I mean, I went there in 1993, so it's been a long time. So Um, going there this time, things have changed. You know, the, the previous time I went there, you couldn't get up in the Eiffel tower. They were doing construction. So to be able to get up into the Eiffel tower, uh, you know, as high as it was, Oh man, whoo America. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's like empire state building. Seriously. Like, you know, there's still levels you can go up and they were doing construction, but where we were at, you know, they have a, a, you know, a big, you know, circular, you know, path that you can walk around with telescopes. You can see the whole city of Paris, uh, it's even better when the when the, the nights come up, you know, when the lights come up, we're walking out, no, no expectations. We were like, all right, we spent the whole day at the Eiffel Tower. It's really awesome, dude. Then the lights kick on? boom. And it makes the Eiffel Tower like gold. And then all of a sudden it, it lights up like a Christmas tree, like all these white lights. Boom, 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 and it is one of the coolest
2: things you'll ever see. So while Stacy was in, in Paris, uh, Tim was getting back from Fort Myers, Florida. Tell, tell the folks about your adventures in Fort Myers, Florida.
4: Well, no more psychos. So, yeah, that nope, goes You got for rid me. of that guy? Yeah. And then uh, my neighbor insisted on taking down a tree with me. Yeah. Except he's 90 years old. He that's, shows up yeah. early Sunday morning, sawing away. He's like, you don't need a chainsaw or anything. I, I got this. And telling me I'm doing it wrong, pulling the saw back out of my hands. And He's
2: just doing it manually with an old fashioned <laughs> yeah. saw?
4: Yeah. And then, he's like, you can, <laughs> and then he's like, you can go back inside. I got this. I'm like, okay. So, I wow. was pretty impressed,
2: though. So, uh, how, how's the new home coming along?
4: It's great. So, all, all set ready to roll.
2: So when Stacy and I want to get, went on there and then take advantage of it, you know it's open, right? We should
4: head out next week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> get away from it's this cold well. It. It's not gonna happen. Don't, <laughs> don't listen to This, this guy. <laughs> this guy. The
0: door will, and be, locked. A, the door
3: a will be locked. be locked. There's a time there. To, you know what? If we we even get up on the property, we'll be arrested. <laughs> 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 don't even listen to that.
4: Yeah, I did put you on the do not let in list. But see, SB see, see. Support. You know what? You know what? Well, like, craziness
2: man. follows. Tim, you had a police chase in your neighborhood today.
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, that'll be on the news tonight. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, they didn't ask you <laughs> for a, a little bit about that. Tim. And Tell they, a and they
4: apprehend that. the guy between my neighbor's house and my house. Right. And uh, I guess there was three guys, but one of the guys ran on foot after crashing a Mercedes or something. He was trying to steal, and and uh, so yeah, I got on my ring camera. One of the cops walking up, screaming and saying, your hands, up? Your "Hands
3: up! <laughs> Get your hands up!" Yelling, you know. And you know what I said, America. You know, the police came out there. They said, hey, you know, hey, put your hands up, you know, and they, it was, no one got shot. No one got, the ambulance didn't come, you know. I don't know why, but it didn't happen.
2: It sound bad, does it? <laughs> I think it was Pavel looking for his paycheck.
1: I, I don't know. It was. All, all I know. All
3: I know is that ring camera is pretty cool. I like yeah. that ring. That ring. No wonder why when I come there, he doesn't answer the door. I always act like he's gone. You he can see me in the ring camera. Wow. Wow. And you, you hear the click? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now I know that the ring camera works. I'll be saying, open the damn door, Tim.
2: I know you see me. That's right. Tim's not just screening calls. He's screening visits no, as well.
4: No, you, got, you got to do what you got to do these days. Larry the Lobster. Larry the Lobster. I just got renew my concealed carry yesterday, too. So. Uh, I'll
3: tell you. Look at, let's look at this hot sauce yeah. right here. Let want to sell the hot sauce America. This is how red Tim is. So if you're not seeing this right now, <laughs> <laughs> not, I, you may not be able to see the color right now, but this is as red as Tim is right now. He's about as red as this, this bottle right here.
4: It's not too bad. Look.
2: so the bulls are back from paris refreshed and rejuvenated they've got four games coming up this week if you're optimistic stacy you could say they got a shot to win all of these and have a six game you know what you know what mark
3: since you just brought that up okay i I just got a complaint all right okay we, we we flew 16 17 hours back and forth you know for five days for one game NBA has no sympathy know, for right. for any of us. You know, they just don't. And, you know, I'll probably get fine. I'll blame it on Tim. Um, but, at the, you know, here we are now. We, we go 17 hours over to France, play one game. Fly all the way back. Took nine hours to fly back. Okay? We got a game on Monday. Back-to-back with Indiana and Atlanta, Monday and Tuesday. Fly to Charlotte. Then fly to Orlando for the weekend. It's like... Yeah. How in the world are you going to make the Bulls after just going over there and and having to do their responsibilities? Because it wasn't just playing basketball, you know. They had you know PR stuff they had to do over there. So you were working, you know. So and then to be able to have to come back and fly, you know, on the East Coast because you're 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 still you know your mind's still stuck on the time change. You know, like I was going to bed honestly in France like six in the morning. You know, while you guys were you know. <laughs> I know what you were doing it was an afternoon or something, but it was like eight o'clock. I think your time and I was going to bed. I was trying to stay on true to Chicago time, but that, that failed after two days <laughs> that wasn't working. So, and I'm still, and I came home on Friday. We got in at one o'clock, but once we went through all customs, we got, we got out of customs by four. We had to wait for our bags. So I wasn't at home until five o'clock. And you know what I did on my way home when I came home, Mark, you know, you think I would just go home, get in the bed and relax. I went to the future concert. All right. Yes, yes. I took my kids to the Future concert, <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you something, America. That was the best decision I made. <laughs> I had, I, I mean, between taking naps in between acts, I had a pretty good time.
2: Naps in between acts. That's, yeah, that's every, you know, every
3: time because you know it, it took 30 minutes for the next act to come right. on, so I was like taking power naps, 30 minute naps. I had one of my boys wake me up, wake me up when the next guy comes on, and then I wake up. So I did about four times, you know. But I, I had a really good time. I didn't know Future was that. I listened to Future's music, but I didn't know he was that good in concert. And they brought out Little Dirk, they brought out G Herbo, they brought out a lot of Chicago uh, drill rappers, uh, which was a surprise because they were not on the marquee. It was like Future and Friends, so it could have been anybody. In Atlanta, it was Little Baby, and they had some other people, um, but they had uh, ESTG, who's a big time rapper out of Memphis. They had uh, Little Dirk, G Herbo. Uh, some female acts out of Chicago. I didn't really get their name. Little Jeremy was on there. So they had a really, really good card.
2: Yeah, and uh, obviously uh, Tim that's not up to speed with some of those acts, right? No, he just no. listens
3: to Clay Aiken. You know, when Clay <laughs> Aiken had a concert and uh, Howdy Doody came to town, you know, you know, the ventriloquist, the little doll. Yeah. Uh, Tim was there. There was only three people. And he, Tim he had a is box really,
4: He is really good, though. <laughs>
3: yeah, look at one, one,
4: one of the most <laughs> yeah, underestimated acts of 2022. Clay
3: Aiken is what, it, that's what they call it. We were in Vegas one time, right? We're playing, we're playing this, uh, you know, playing uh, craps. Yeah. And so Tim gets, kind of gets into it with another guy, you know. <laughs> so the guy's, hey, Clay Aiken, and he <laughs> him Clay Aiken. And so it kind of stuck on the trip. It was pretty funny, you know. And then, you know, we have, there's a whole story to all that, but. I
2: don't want to get into it right now because what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. There was a big event uh, going on in Paris. Derek Jones Jr. Got engaged and it was all caught on videotape. It was a pretty nice moment.
3: Congratulations to DJ. He's a great kid, man. You know, um, so so good to see him finally getting some consistent minutes too. He's playing really, really well. Uh, you know, with uh, Javante being out, it's giving him opportunity to, to get some meaningful minutes and he's playing well. I mean, he, he had, I think he had four dunks yeah. in that game. Like, he was flying all over the place. And then, I guess engagement will do that to you. You know, you just feel like you want to jump out of the gym after you get engaged. <laughs> I don't know that feeling. <laughs> I don't know that feeling, Mary, because I'm one of the 10 most sexiest bachelors, you know, in Chicago right now. So I don't know that feeling.
2: You're watching on YouTube. You see the photo of Derek Jones and his lovely fiance with the ring. A very nice moment for them. Uh, obviously, everybody enjoyed the trip, and they're back. And, and, and Billy talked about the fact afterwards that, Got a chance to do some things away from the basketball court as a team. Zach said he had a great time. He'd love to go back to Paris. So... You know the hope is like we've been talking about all year, could this be the thing that brings the team together and gets them on a on a surge where they can move up the standings in the East because they're only like three games out of six place right now.
3: Well I tell you what, I mean I I said this all along with this team. I, I look at it to be liken it to what Boston went through last year in the first half. First half Boston was you know they were talking about trading guys. Yeah. Uh there was so much disarray in the locker room, but they figured it out in the second half and had one of the hottest you know teams in the second half of the season and parlayed that all the way to the finals. I can see the Bulls doing that. Um, You know, they've got enough talent to win. When you look at the three guys, you know, DeRozan, Levine and Vooch, that's three guys every single night. They can get you 25 or more every single night. Now, when all three of them are clicking at the same time, the Bulls are tough to beat and it takes pressure off some of these younger guys. And what's going to notice is Patrick, Patrick Williams has played pretty well You know, for the last month, I mean, he's been the Bulls most consistent outside shooter, Kobe White. Can't say enough about him. Remember, remember I told people in the very beginning before the season he started, everybody's talking about trade Kobe, yep. trade Kobe. What did I tell you, America? What did I tell you about the kid? I told you he was going to be better. I told you he was going to shoot the ball. I told you his handles are better. And now you look at him. He comes in there, he makes a huge difference. And he's kind of eaten into, you know, into the minutes of some of these other guards. Right, so, Drogic
2: isn't playing as yeah,
3: much. Yeah, Dragic well, they're, they're trying to save Drogic. They, yeah. they, they don't want to utilize him so much. Trying to get They're trying to keep him in that 20- the 25-minute range, and try to keep him away from back-to-backs because they they know uh,
2: where he's going to be val- add values in the playoffs. Well, I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, our buddy Jeff Vukovich. When it comes to insurance for your auto home and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, our friend, Nationwide Agent Jeff Vukovich. You can reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeff k.com Are we going to give the Sriracha crew another shot? Or? No, I'm giving it to Tim. Tim's going to get Clay Aiken. No,
4: nope, nope. I gotta, nope. I gotta refuse. No, no, no. I do.
2: What, Because you run a juice cleanse. That's another. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got another another, fabrication of yeah. reality. Not, let's
4: not go. Let's not go there right now, Mark. <laughs> All right, Sriracha That's crew, you're up.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Post your free job on linkedin.com/slash recommend today.
2: All
4: right. They've been practicing, I I guess. Oh, Lord. Oh, boy.
2: All right. Here we go.
4: Nation. Oh, Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry, guys. It should have been me. Nationwide (laughs) is on your side.
2: I think Steve Stone and Bonetti just let snuck
4: me tell you in. something. America,
3: America, there's a reason why they're the third option. Okay. They're the third option in this this, this singing uh, groups that we have here, uh, that was awful. I just want to say that was awful. I think I think I think we may just have to make that a single person singing. Yeah, yeah it might be D. Maybe. Uh, cause, uh, you know, Francisco, Francisco sounds like he lost his vocal cords in a, <laughs> in a crap meat. And, uh, you know, Nick, I don't know. He's you like, you've been eating uh, cactus. So <laughs> swallowing them. <laughs> so I don't know. Dry throat. Dry, dry, dry. <laughs> so nationwide there you go is on your side
2: woohoo oh America the golden pipes I'm sure Jeff Jeff Fukovic is saying thank you that Stacy yeah, wow. rescued this segment yeah, so yeah, make sure to tell you something
3: y'all did, y'all, did, y'all, did y'all hear <laughs> different me I did that was good yeah yeah, yeah. okay I just want to throw that out there America I'm an international man okay I'm worldwide
2: touchdown 49ers we are coming at you on a Sunday evening while the oh, 49ers and Cowboys that's what I'm go. talking right. about Christian McCaffrey right up the gut for the goal at touchdown We'll talk about the football games later, but it's been a boring weekend. Blowouts, not great football, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Before we bring in our special guest... You know, last uh, live show we had with Eddie Johnson, the former Illini great, and he was fantastic guest. This week, we've got Detroit Pistons analyst Greg Kelser. He was the running mate with Magic Johnson on that 1979 championship team. He was the guy catching all the alley-oop passes from Magic Johnson and throwing down some really incredible dunks. So we're going to visit with Greg in just a couple of minutes. So let's take a, a look at the league as, as we get ready to bring him in. And Stacey, the hottest team right now has been the Denver Nuggets. They look like they're kind of... Pulling away from the field in the Western Conference. Long way to go, but it seems like that combination of Jokic and Murray and Porter Jr. is going to be pretty tough to beat out West.
3: Well, I, I've been saying this all along with this team. Once, they, once they're once they able to get Jamal Murray up to speed and he starts to play uh, like he did, you know, like he did before he got hurt, which he's starting to do now. I think he had a triple-double the other night. Uh, Jokic is on his way for third MVP. Uh, Aaron Gordon is playing out of his mind. They they they're just the best team in the Western Conference right now. They they're big, they're athletic. They can defend. They can score. They can shoot. You got a big man uh, who's really who? How you defend him? I mean, seriously, how, how do you defend Jokic? I mean, you can't you can't put anybody on. You put a small guy on and try to frustrate him when he brings the ball to the floor. He just overpowers you. Uh, he, he can score with either hand, and he's such a a really like top notch passer in their offense. I mean, he re- they play through him,
2: and he gets everybody easy shots. Memphis had won like ten or eleven in a row. That streak got snapped Friday night when they went into LA and they basically choked in the last two minutes. And the Lakers won the game. But the big story in that game was was the confrontation just before halftime where Shannon Sharp was was yelling at a couple of the Memphis players. And first of all, it was was it Brooks that was the first guy involved, yeah, was, and then Steven Dylan, Adams came Dylan, over. It was Dylan yeah. Brooks, and then it was uh,
3: T. Morant, which is John Morant's father. Yeah. And um, listen, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day and we say this about regular fans too, they are entitled to say whatever they want. They pay their ticket. They, they pay their money. They can say whatever they want. Now, when they cross the line going from verbal to physical, that's a different story, yeah. okay? Shannon Sharp, even though he's a former football player, Hall of Fame tight end, he paid for those seats. He's sitting in the front row. He can say whatever he wants to say. He he you wa- think he paid for those seats? Well, it doesn't matter. He was there, okay? <laughs> he was sitting there marking. You weren't, okay? So, so at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he can say whatever the hell he wants to say. As long as he doesn't get up and put his hands on someone or like that, then so be it. But these guys, you know, these players, they got to understand like, you know, you say something back to to a guy like Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp's not your regular fan. This dude no. was like 6 foot 5, you know, 240 pounds of muscle. Like he got his earlobes have muscles in it. I mean, everything is muscle, you know? And um he's not a guy to be messed with cuz he got that old man strength too. Not only not only, I mean, He he's like that. Look at that picture right there, America. See that picture? Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what my dad looked like. That's what my dad looked like when I bowed up, like when I was 18 years old (laughs) and I bowed up to him and I said, I'm a man. I don't have to do anything you tell me to do. And then my dad said, uh, well, yeah. he said, oh, you're going to learn today. And then, and then, and then you dropped, he dropped the chicken. You know, he had, he had the Kimbo sliced chicken in his beard. He just dropped the chicken and raised up for the table. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, Stacey's getting ready to get a two-piece. But I used to bolt out of the house, baby. He couldn't catch the king,
4: baby. I was pew, pew, pew.
2: I was gone. And, and you know, the Shannon Sharp's always in a bad mood because he has to work with Skip Bayless every day. Uh. So if that doesn't put you in a bad mood, I don't know what was. Well, no, he it?
4: almost smacked him two weeks ago. Which yeah. I was really hoping he would.
2: Yeah, after, after those crazy comments he boycotted the show for one day yeah and then, he, then he came back and you know what though the, the checks are too big to walk away from that but i'm sure if, if he had his druthers he'd much rather have a different partner
3: well yeah. and then and then you know as good as shannon is on that show you know skip bayless has a lot of juice yeah you know? so that's why he's still he, on the he, air. Could, he mm-hmm. could he could work it to where shannon never worked for fox again he'd have to go to espn yeah so
2: Yeah, that was the whole Shannon Sharp thing was hilarious. And then after the third quarter, he and T. Morant were hugging already. So it was all good. T. Morant, uh, a.k.a. Usher. Yeah, he looks exactly like him.
3: America, here's what I don't understand. There's there's the the hug. There there it is right there. Hug it out. Yeah, there it is. So here's what I understand. Like, is it so bright in the arena that you have to wear sunglasses. I, I, I just <laughs> no, his son's future
2: is so bright. He's got to wear I,
3: shirts. I've never understood how anyone can sit in the game with sunglasses yeah. on and watch sunglasses. I just watch a game with sunglasses on. I just—is it the cool factor? Like I want to let everybody know I'm in the front row, and so if I wear sunglasses, they will draw more attention to me. Or do you have glaucoma? I mean, is there a medical reason why you have the blue blockers on? I mean, you really got a problem. Put the blue blockers on. Okay, walk out them big square, you know, Professor X. Uh, what was the guy named that shot the thing out of? Cyclops.
2: Yeah, Cyclops. You know, shoot yeah. the
3: Cyclops thing, you know. I mean, come on, man. The sunglasses <laughs> need to stop, man. That's
2: terrible. Hey, Greg Kelser's in the Sriracha waiting room, so we're not going to keep him waiting any longer. We're going to talk about the NBA, his trip to Paris. Of course, he was doing the TV work for the Pistons, and the glory days back at Michigan State. Uh, that's next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. We're going to We're going to delay the Christopher Walken uh, hot sauce pitch in just a bit. That's coming up as well. So keep it right here. Welcome back to give me the hot sauce time to welcome in our special guest this week. He is Greg Kelser, the TV analyst for the Detroit Pistons, uh, our older listeners and viewers will remember his days at Michigan State as the running mate for Magic Johnson as they went on to beat Larry Bird for the 1979 NCAA championship, followed by a great NBA career. And he was also in Paris uh, with Stacy over there when the P- Bulls played the Pistons. Greg, welcome into the show. Uh, how was Paris for you? Stacy just talked about all the sightseeing he did and had a great time. How was it for you guys uh, with the Pistons?
1: Oh, Likewise, we had a great time, too. We, we were there uh, almost five days. And uh, you know, it gave us a chance to to experience the lifestyle, the culture, uh, appreciate um, the great city of Paris with all its history. Uh, I'd never been there before. I've been to Europe, uh, but I'd never been to France. So for me, it was particularly, uh, uh, you know, uh, a thrill to uh, to get to to do that and. And uh, at, at some point, we I guess we all had to realize that the Pistons and the Bulls that we were there to play a basketball game, but uh, the three days prior to the game were, were a lot of fun. I I actually uh, climbed the, the Eiffel Towers as far as they would let us go. Anyway, was some <laughs> But uh, that was that was the uh, that was a highlight for me. We got a chance to go to the uh, uh, the home of the uh, ambassador, U.S. Yes, ambassador to France, uh, to Paris, um, and and that was a thrill. Had a uh, night out at the opera. And then a basketball game. And then we flew back. And I'm still trying to kind of recalibrate myself. Talk a little bit about the game and and the experience,
3: uh, you know, the game ops and and everything that they put together. I kind of felt like it was an all-star caliber game because there was a who's who's list. We had Naomi Campbell out there. Magic was at the game. We had Little Baby. uh, Pharrell (laughs) was at the game. I mean, there was all these stars at the game. And it just felt like it was an all-star caliber feel.
1: You know what's funny, uh, Stacey? Uh, Urban Johnson, uh, you know, he didn't even, Magic didn't even know there was a game. He was there on business and to celebrate his wife Cookie's uh, birthday. Really? And yeah, and he was staying at the same hotel as our owner, Tom Goris. And they ran into, into each other in the lobby and like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Well, you know, hey, we're here because there's a basketball game. What basketball game? Uh, really? Okay, <laughs> well, why don't you come on out? That's how it all started and ended for uh, for him. So he was able to do three or four things in one trip. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah, and yeah.
2: He, he ended up sitting right next to the commissioner in the front rows. Magic doesn't yeah, have a tough yeah. time getting a good seat, does he?
1: No. <laughs> just show up and, and you got front row, huh?
2: Yeah, he, hey, Stacey,
1: listen. Stacy can probably do that with three championship rings. Hey,
3: listen, you know, I'm just a man sitting next to the man, G. You know, I'm just, you know, hey, I just I just ride the coattails, baby, ride the coattails.
2: <laughs> hey, Greg, people forget that back, back when you and Magic were playing together at Michigan State, you were getting a lot of the headlines because you were the high-flying guy who was throwing down those alley-oop dunks and people love watching you play and magic of course came in with a lot of fanfare into michigan state but you guys took larry bird down in the championship game and that was one of the most watched college basketball games in history what are your memories of that that championship game against bird and and all the hoopla surrounding it
1: well i'll i'll back up to when we first got urban I, i was my after my sophomore year at michigan state by today's standards i could have probably been the second or third pick in the draft Averaged 22 points and 11 rebounds a game at Michigan state in the big 10 as a sophomore. But guess what? We were a 500 team. So who knew, who cared? We get urban. <laughs> and now all of a sudden my junior year, we, we make it to the, to the regional finals, almost get to the final four and everybody knows who Michigan state is. And then the next year we win it. So that's what he brought. He brought the the opportunity to win stats, be you know, stats down the drain. Everybody's going to get your stats when you're winning. And, um, that's the thing that I'm most appreciative of my two years spent playing with Irvin Magic Johnson at Michigan State. We we were the, one of the best teams in the country, and uh, we were able to culminate it with a championship. And And I think the thing that cements it in stone for us and in the memories of a lot of people, um, and even people who may not have even been living at that time because they played a game every year, you had Urban and you had Larry, two of the greatest ever play, two that are credited with bringing the NBA back to prominence uh, compete in that game. So it has shelf life, you know, it's been 43 years now since we, we played that game, but almost 44 years since we played that game, but it's still talked about like it happened four years ago. And, and, you know, so I'm very proud to have been in it, to play a part in it, to have won it. And, uh, you know, for me personally, uh, it has helped. And I I don't know, Stacy may feel the same way. When you're part of a winning team, when you're part of a championship, and his was at the NBA level. Mine was in college. Uh, but what it does, it, it you're a champion forever. No one can ever take it away. And it will open some doors for you perhaps later on. I've been a broadcaster far longer than I've been a basketball player. And I got to believe that maybe being a part of that team has helped in, in many ways.
3: Talk about, because we all know, you know, how Magic Johnson's personality is, you know, and um, you know I, I remember seeing those games you know in that 79 you know final four you're and so you young
1: you were a young boy
3: yeah yeah so <laughs> so when he came on campus like yeah. what was the feeling because it seemed like he could have went anywhere he wanted to go and oh, yeah so talk, on. yeah talk a little bit about that like what was his personality was it like what we see now that people see him you know when he was the Lakers the smiling uh you know happy-go-lucky but you know the killer was there you know was he a, was he like he
1: is now much the same in terms of the competitiveness. And yes, he had the smile. He's always had that, he's always had that zest and zeal, the exuberance for playing basketball. And he's always won. Every place, I don't know that he's ever had a losing season, ever. Um, When I met him, I was uh, a senior in high school. He was a, a sophomore in high school. And Michigan State was recruiting us both with the idea that if we could, you know, if we get them both there, uh, we could contend for a championship, maybe win one, and that was the selling point to me, being that I was two years early, two years older. Come, we're going to load this thing up, and, and we'll be ready by the time you're junior or senior. Um, when he got on campus, uh, the thing that that really impressed me was his 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 acumen, his basketball knowledge. He, he was very very smart. And he was 17 year old at that time. By the time the, time the season started, he was 18. But uh, but he 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 came in as a leader. The leader that you saw that most people were familiar with with him being a leader of the lakers the exact same thing he did at michigan state he came in with the idea of 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 helping us win win right away making everybody a part of it putting on a show entertaining the the crowds be it on the road or or at home but most importantly winning and and that's what we were able to do that's what he brought he he uh he he didn't have i mean he had a confidence he had a cockiness but it was a, a good you know, good-natured cockiness. Uh, as a competitor, he was second to none. He wanted to win in everything, and uh, and we let him lead. We we let him lead. He and I were co-captains. We led, you know, differently. I did it more, you know, with my actions and the way I played, the way I worked, the way I worked out, and the way I paired. He did it with all of that. Plus, he was very, very boisterous.
2: Younger fans have gotten the chance to. Uh relive the Bulls dynasty through the uh, documentary series that was put out the 10 part series that came during the pandemic. And Magic Johnson is really blown up recently. He did like a four part series on Apple TV, some really revealing interviews. There was a series on the Lakers on Hulu. And then that crazy show on HBO called winning time where they had actors playing the parts of basketball players. Did you see yeah. any of that? And did did any of the Michigan State stuff uh, surprise you with the liberties they took with reality?
1: I saw some of it. It is still on my watch list. The entire thing I plan on binge, binge watching it. I just haven't had the, the you know, the full 10 or 12 hours to do it just yet. But it's my intent on watching it. But I saw I saw enough of it to know that there was some definite creative liberty. <laughs> uh, not, just, not not with, not just with the Michigan State. Time, yeah. But, yeah. Also, you know, that whole Laker thing. Uh, I was close enough to it to, uh, to say uh, 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 that's 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 not that didn't happen. That's not how that went. But I tell you what, and a lot of people understood that who were watching it, they didn't care. They were entertained by it. Right. And that's what mattered.
3: Talk a little bit about your big game against Notre Dame, because we like I look back at some of my big games in in the tournament and that's where you really want to have your big games. You you had 34 points, I think 13 rebounds against Notre Dame, which had like four NBA guys on there. Uh, Bill Hanslick, you had uh, uh, Orlando Woolridge was on that team. Bill Lane Beer was on that team and then Kelly Tribuca was on that team. Uh, talk yeah. a little bit about that game. Cause I saw some video, baby. I said, Oh baby, look <laughs> at G over there dunking
1: on everybody. You got like four or five ducks running the floor like a gazelle. Well, you know what that I remember? That was our best game, uh, even better than the championship game. And it was pretty, it was pretty well thought that the winner of that game probably would win it all, win it all. Notre Dame had gone to the final four the year prior. Um, and I think they lost to Duke in the final four and then Duke lost to Kentucky. Uh, we lost to Kentucky that year by three points or we would have been in the final four that year too. But um, Notre Dame was, was a team unlike today uh, guys, when, you know, every game is on TV uh, all over the country. It wasn't like that in 1979, you may have been lucky enough to get two or three regular season games on television, on national TV, and then whatever you might get in the tournament, but you had to get to the tournament first. Well, Notre Dame, they were on TV all the time. Notre Dame and UCLA, they were the two uh, exemptions. They played all the time. So we watched these guys and we we're like, you know what, we're, we're, we're every bit as good or better. And we'd love to play them. So when we got the, um, and then the final, I guess the final little salt in the wound was when the Brackets came out and we were in the same regional, in the same region, and they were ranked, they were a number one seed. We were a number two seed in the Midwest, uh, Mideast regional, rather. And so, you know, we knew that, you know, we looked at it and said, okay, we're going to meet these guys in the regional final. We're going to meet these guys for the right to go to the final four. And that's exactly how it played out. We were pumped for that game. We were pumped for that game. Uh, so much so, I remember me personally, I missed my first four or five shots in a row. And then I made like 15 of the next 16. So, wow. uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a great game for us, a great showcase for us. It, it demonstrated our ability to get up and down the floor. We were a running team. And, you know, Stacy, the teams you play in your conference, they can figure out a way to, you know, take some of that away. And you play these little grind-out games and all of that. But then the minute you get to the tournament and you play in these teams that aren't as familiar, and you can really open it up. Yeah, That's what we were able to do against Notre Dame. We opened it up. And uh, and it was incredible. And uh, I still, you know, I, I remember Al McGuire and and uh, and uh, uh, Dick Enberg. On the call, they did a fantastic job with that game. Oh, I, I I would urge
3: all, or if anybody's a historian of the game and you love college basketball and you're a big fan of college basketball, go back. It's on YouTube. Go look it up. It's the '79. Uh, it was a game before the Final Four, right? You guys won won that region to get to the Final Four, right?
1: That was the, that was the victory that put us into the final yep. four in Salt Lake City. Uh-huh. You got, and you were, you were the uh,
3: most outstanding, the mop they call it, the M.O.P., the most yeah. outstanding outstanding, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I got, I got, I got one of those too, <laughs> G. I got one of those Southeast region. Hey, listen, I hey, I
1: re- listen, I remember you very well in college, man. I was pulling for you guys so much, and I actually thought you were a fantastic player too, and, and I thought that, I, I thought you were going to be the number one player taken in the draft that year, but. Things worked out. You went to the right team, uh, the team baby. The I didn't win a championship at the college level. We got to this. Uh, we got to I, the, I didn't win one at the NBA level, or wait. two, or three. But no, <laughs> I, was a, I, was a, I was
3: a big Stacy King fan. I'll tell you that. I appreciate that, G. I appreciate. What well, more? So, so before we get off the Michigan section, we're gonna get on Detroit. What was it like playing for Jud Heathcote? Like, what, what was that experience like? Because he's considered one, of the, one of the you know best coaches in Big Ten history, one of the best coaches in college basketball. Talk a little bit about your relationship with him and and him as a coach.
1: I played three years for Jet Heathcote. I was I was recruited to Michigan State by Gus Kanakis, the then head coach. And I was so impressed with Gus Kanakis, I don't know if anybody has done what I did in terms of, I signed with Michigan State, I'd never seen the place. You know, I grew up in the military, I'm not from Detroit, but Detroit has been my home for the last 40 some years. Um, my dad was in the Air Force, he was from Detroit and when he finished his 20 years in the Air Force, we moved to Detroit. So I got three straight years in the same high school, which was key. Uh, prior to that, I'd gone ten schools in nine years, all over the country and wow. I started playing basketball in Okinawa. Um, so uh, when Gus Kanakis and his staff began recruiting me, they were so impressive in terms of the you know the way they came and and really uh, embraced my entire family. They, they really recruited my parents, you know, and my parents were like, hey, "This is where you ought to go," and I fully agreed with them. And I, I, went, I signed with Michigan State. I'd never seen the campus. I'd never been to East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, I did take a, ver- a visit shortly after I signed, but I wanted to play for Gus Kanaka. So you can imagine, I was devastated when he was let go after my first year. My first year, we were picked to finish ninth in the conference. We finished fourth in the, in the conference. So we exceeded all expectations, and they, they still let him go. And they brought in Judd Heathcote from, the, from, from uh, Montana, University of Montana, where he'd had a lot of success, but none of us knew, knew who he was. And so he came in. And it was the total other end of the spectrum from what we had grown accustomed to with Gus Kanaka. So it was definitely a major, major, uh, adjustment that, that, had to be, uh, under, uh, undertaken. And, uh, and it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because Joe was, a, I mean, he was hard nosed. He was a, he was a ball buster. Uh, he was my way of the highway guy and, uh, there wasn't room for many mistakes or errors. So, I have to admit that, you know, for a while getting used to that basketball for the first time was not a whole lot of fun for me uh, because he was pounding every day, every day. But, you know, I came to understand and realize there was a method to his madness that he really understood the game. He knew how to coach. He was a great X's and O's guy. And if you listened and, and, and worked hard and maybe didn't hone in so much on how the message came, but what the message was actually trying to impart, you could get better. And that's what I did. And of course, when we got Urban, that made a made it a whole lot easy for, easier for everyone. Um, he helped me to become a better player. He helped me to become a first-round draft pick in the NBA. He helped me to become a champion on the college level. And uh, knowing all I know and how difficult it was maybe to play for him, uh, I would do it all over again. And that's the biggest compliment I think you can give anybody. Knowing all you yeah. know, would you do it again? I'd do it again. Judd Heathcote was a great coach. Greg, we had hey. – uh, we're, and and he was a great friend after I was done playing for
3: him. Really? You get a good relationship afterward. That's that's what you yeah. like to that's what you like to hear, you know, and I know parents like to hear that because you know once you once you get done with your 4 years, some coaches don't really care what you do unless you're a first round pick and you're in the NBA. Right. But some of those kids don't make it to the NBA. So it's good to know that, you know, if a guy didn't make it to the NBA that the coach still loves him just as much as he did when he played for him. And you hear that a lot right. about coaches.
1: Le- uh, Judd Heathcote died at the age of 90 in 2017. And uh, in 2016, he, he, you know, once he finished coaching in Michigan State, he moved to Spokane, Washington. That, that was his home. Um, in 2016, a bunch of us Spartans got on airplanes and we flew out for a weekend in Spokane just to hang out with Coach. I'm talking, you know, Scott Skiles, Steve Smith, uh, Sean Respert, um, so many Spartans. Players, Tom Izzo, you know, the coach, managers, we all descended upon uh, Spokane to spend the weekend with coach just to just really to say thank you. We had a ball out there, a blast. And then, of course, you know, a year later, uh, he passed away and we were all there for his, uh, for his funeral. so uh, he, he had an impact, a large impact on many of us.
2: Greg, I want to touch briefly on your NBA career. We had Eddie Johnson on our last show, a contemporary of yours, and he talked about the fact that he was an All-Big Ten player. He got drafted in the second round by Kansas City, and he and he was kind of overwhelmed by some of the things he had to learn to become successful at the uh, NBA level. He talked about going to Pete Newell's big man camp to learn footwork. What was that adjustment like for you and going to the Pistons and, and trying to make your mark as an NBA player?
1: Well, the most difficult thing for me was, was – was, um, and I think for most players coming out is the, the rapid fire schedule that you you're faced and, and having to play so many games uh, in, in such a short period of time. And, and, uh, uh, and I guess in a way learning how to deal with not accept, but deal with losing because you know, I lost more games in my first year uh, with the Pistons than I lost in my life. And wow. up to that point, and uh, it wasn't easy. Um, but it was a it was a thrill in terms of being able to put my skill against the best in the world and, and do it on a nightly basis. And you had to be ready, otherwise you you're gonna be in, in for a long night, long nights, and you're gonna, you know, perhaps get embarrassed. You had to come ready to play. Um I, the the toughest thing for me was was when I got injured. I mean, I was I was I was I feel like I feel like I was I could have been an NBA all-star. Um, and you know my second year in the league, I think 10 or 12 games in, you know, I was at all-star numbers, 10, you know, 10 rebounds, not 10 rebounds, but maybe seven or eight rebounds a game, 22 points a game. This is 10 games in. When I suffered a knee injury, that changed my whole basketball life. I was able to have surgery, a couple of surgeries and push on for another four or five years, but uh, I was never quite the same. Um, But, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I, do I regret it? No, I don't regret it. Cause I got hurt playing hard as I possibly could. I wish I hadn't gotten hurt. I wish I would have loved to have been able to see what my, you know, what a 10 or a 12, 15 year career could have netted for me, maybe a couple of championships, maybe some all-star appearances, who knows? But the one thing I always say is that the game owes you nothing. You know, we all go and we play and we try and get the most out of it. And some go far, others don't quite get as far, but, um, uh, I think for me, the biggest thing that I have gotten out of it is the career I have after basketball. You know that would not have happened had I not had the success maybe as a player. So I'm very very thankful for what the game has given me. But uh, I'd say for most players coming in, when I came in and even now, it's just learning the game, how to uh, how to play it at that level, how to uh, to to defend. That's one of the major adjustments that young players have, have you know coming in, how to defend and how to be uh, even adequate defensively, and then, uh, you know, staying healthy and and, and trying to uh, have as long a career as you possibly can. Don Chaney, you guys remember the great yep, Don Chaney? Yep. Don Chaney was an assistant coach uh, when I was with the Pistons, and I'll never forget he told me, he says, Greg, stay in the league as long as you can. Stay in the league as long as you can. Now, I thought he was talking about as a player. But I'll say that now to somebody in, you know, in any capacity, get in the league, stay in as long as you can, make the most of it. And I've been affiliated with the NBA now for almost 40, 45 years. Wow. Wow.
3: You know what? We, we, it's funny because we, you know, we talk about this, this piston team, we're going to switch gears and talk about this young piston team. And, and uh, the one thing that I've noticed the last couple of years is that, you know, ever since, you know, uh, Dwayne Casey's been there, you know, they're building through the draft. You know, they're building, going with the young players, you know, uh, and trying to surround that young talent uh, with some seasoned veterans that can, you know, that can still play. Not guys just waving towels, but guys that can actually go out there and perform. Um, and I'm impressed with them. Like, I mean, they're if Kate Cunningham doesn't get hurt. uh that i i think that detroit team is is a lot better than what we've seen i I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him and jay niven and jay and ivy play together i think that's going to be a dynamic backcourt for the next 10 years if they are able to stay together uh and you guys are building in the right direction it's going to be pretty scary in a couple of years when you guys get some seasoning on your belt
1: we'd like to think so stacy obviously the plan this year was not to be uh you know competing for some lottery spot you know we were expecting to to win and maybe compete for a playing spot at the very least. Um, but the loss of Cade is humongous. I mean, humongous. I can't tell you what a big blow that has been, but as we, you know, talked about, uh, yesterday when we were, we were on the phone, you know, the decision was made and I think it was the right decision to go ahead and have the surgery on his shin, get it out of the way so that, you know, he can go on from here and hopefully, uh, have an injury free, uh, long career. But, um, you know, it, it, uh, we are young. And when everybody's young at the same time at in this league, it, it does take some time to first learn how to uh, compete, to compete on a nightly basis, and then finally how to win. We're learning how to compete, how to be competitive. What we're having a problem with is just winning on a consistent basis. I mean, we're in games and uh, we have a shot at it in the fourth quarter and, and then something goes wrong as You know, can be the case a lot of times with young teams uh, and and we end up losing games. But the one thing I will say, and I've been in these situations both as a player and as a broadcaster. And uh, it's easy when teams are not having the success uh, that they envision to fall apart, point fingers, all that stuff. There's been none of that with the Pistons. These guys, they like being, they like being around each other. They work hard. They work after practice. They work, you know, lifting weights after games. They're, they're they have fun on the bus, on the plane. They're together. They've stayed together. And that's the one thing I can say has been uh really good for them. There has been no dissension. Uh they all know what they're in it for, and they're all patient, and they're all working hard, and they've never stopped uh keeping the eye on that goal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, Greg. Uh, buckle up. The uh, third member of our podcast team, the great Tim Kelly, always does uh, research on our our guests. He comes up with a question that may or may not. Make any sense. So, Tim, what, what do you got for Greg today?
4: All right, Greg, um, can you tell us a story about yours Magic's matching Mercedes that you guys got your senior year? Oh,
3: oh, oh. <laughs> oh baby, there's a statute of limitations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby, NCAA, don't listen, baby, that's turn funny. off the show. <laughs> well, Way to try to get him in
1: trouble, Tim. <laughs> that's right. <No. laughs> well, here, here's the deal on that. Here's the deal on that. And uh, so, Urban and I, And and Jay Benson, you know, we were the, the, Jay, Jay wasn't going to come out. We knew Urban was coming out after, after the season was over. And we always talked about, you know, either getting a Mercedes or getting a Cadillac or something like that. And um, once we won the championship, it was like, man, I I like Mercedes. And Urban's like, I like it too. So we went out, (laughs) we went about business of trying to put the best deal we could put together, you know, to buy a pair of these vehicles. And we went to the local dealership in Lansing and believe it or not, this guy didn't want to deal with us. He, oh, he, was, he, was, willing, he was willing to sell us vehicles, but at sticker price, full wow. price. And, you know, Irvin and his agent had a much better deal in Chicago waiting. And I had a much better deal with my uh, academic advisor who was from uh, Cleveland. He had put together a really good deal in Cleveland. So Irvin went to Chicago and saved 15% on, on the vehicle, which was a lot of money. And I went to Cleveland and got mine and we came back to Lansing and uh, <laughs> we met uh, and you know, they started taking pictures. And uh, we went to a basketball court and we parked them on a basketball court and shot some hoops around it and everything. All the folks came out of the dorms and everything. It was just like a big, big showtime party or something. The next day, the AP wire had picked that picture up and it was all over the country. And it was under the heading, this is what uh, future NBA dollars can buy you because we were both still in school, but we were done with our eligibility, so it was okay wow. to get those. Babies. We didn't have any money. Our agent set the deal up, and we started paying on them after we got drafted. But man, it was nice being 21 years old and urban 19, and we're riding around in shiny, brand new Mercedes. We, we got the
2: picture up, up right now, Stacy, on YouTube of the yeah, matching we, Mercedes. Yeah. Go.
3: Ah yeah. oh, well, uh, NCAA is on line one. <laughs> they want to talk to Timmy Whispers and find out where he got that information from. Said,
1: at Oklahoma, you could get that Mercedes. Uh- at the beginning of, of the college, hey, you know what?
3: I, <laughs> hey, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie, G. I took a pay cut when I came to the league. <laughs> I'm upset about it. I'm upset about it. NCAA statute limitations, baby, can't come back and get us. It's the NIL now. It's the NIL. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, so yeah, I, I know how that feeling is. Wayman, hey, let me tell you, Wayman, Wayman, when I came, when I came to Oklahoma. And I i signed with them in the summer, and Wayman uh, decided to go pro his senior year. So they had just came off the Elite Eight; they lost to Memphis uh, mm-hmm. in the Dallas uh, Southeast region and uh, missed going to the Final Four. And Wayman told me he was, uh, you know, he wasn't coming back. You know, he wasn't coming back to Oklahoma. He's going to go pro. And I remember him having the first uh, El Dorado I'd ever seen. You know, it was it was clean. And I remember him driving that El Dorado in front of the girls' dorm and honking the horn and all the girls came out. And that's when I knew I was coming to this school. <laughs> I, I was glad I signed with Oklahoma, baby. Oh, i am live. I got the Wayman Tisdale playing, baby. I'm sorry, I'm sorry NCAA. Let me, ask,
1: let me ask you a question, uh Stacey uh Wayman, you know, he was a legend. Yep. But did you know he was so musically talented at that time or did it come later? No. He he had been musically talented. He played in
3: his dad's church as a, as a as a young boy. So mm-hmm. even when I was when he was at school, he had a bass. Now you got to remember he's left-handed. So, yeah. you know, they didn't have they didn't have basses back then for left-handed people. You know, so he had to learn how to play it a different way. And uh, it's really super musically talented man. I mean, he'd just sit there and you'd be in the room with him. He'd be strumming away. Uh, it, it was it was an amazing thing. So then when he got it, when he decided that that's what he wanted to do uh, and go into music, it didn't surprise any of us who, who knew him in Oklahoma.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, he was fantastic. I still have all his stuff and, you know, definitely gone too soon. Yeah, he, you know what, one of the, one of
3: the, you know, not only one of the coldest players uh, in the history of basketball, but one of the nicest people. He's always been my mentor since I was in high school. Um, Mm -hmm. He took me under his wing. You know, we're both left handed. Uh, We play for the same, you know, AAU team. And, you know, he took me under my wing probably when I was about a junior in high school. Um, you know, and I used to go up to Norman and hang out in his dorm. I used, I used to think that was the coolest thing. Cause like, you know, you up there with this superstar, this dude dropping 67 on people, you know? <laughs> and Yeah. And I, I remember going on visits and people, when they found out I was from Oklahoma, that's all they wanted to talk about was Wayman. Man, is Wayman. Man, is Wayman dropping 50, 60? I remember Lynn Bias asked me is, is Wayman as good as, is what they're saying he is? I was like, man, he's better. He's yeah. better, dude. That dude's unstoppable. And would have been the mm-hmm. first, would have been the first uh four time first team consensus all American had he you know stayed his senior year.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, no question about it. Uh, by the way, we uh our our march to the uh championship in 79. We played your coach in the uh in our second game, I think, on Tubbs. Billy Tubbs. Yeah, he was at Lamar. Yeah, he was at Lamar. Y'all beat him. obviously you beat him. Did you beat him bad? We beat them bad. The funny <laughs> thing is, the funny the funny thing is, they played the University of Detroit in their first game. We had a bye, and they beat Detroit. They upset Detroit. Detroit had Terry Durod, Earl Curton. Oh wow! And uh, and they uh, they got on television, and two of their big stars from the game talked about. Okay, well we. We just knocked off Detroit. We'll get Michigan State next and we'll be done with the state of Michigan. Wow. You
3: know that's all we needed to hear. And that's how Tubbs was. T- <laughs> Tubbs was, was a brash dude. I remember winning oh, yeah, I remember winning the first time in Kansas and in, in Lawrence, Kansas, for the first time in like five years. And mm-hmm. uh and it wasn't even for the conference leader, and it was just a regular conference game. There's still about 15 games to go conference. And he said, Hey, go get some, you know, go get some scissors and go cut the nets down. So we was like, looking at him, like, "What? Go cut the nets down?" He said, "Yeah, go out there and cut them damn nets down." We won, so we, you know, I'm like a freshman. I'm like, "I'm going to cut them down." So I'm going out there with these older dudes, man. They throwing people, throwing things at us, trying to hit us in the head. I mean, they would not let us cut the nets down. Police came and escorted us off. But it was that that kind of attitude that, like, we liked his players. Like he he really uh-huh. stood up. He really stood up for his players, man. And you know, a funny thing too in that '79 uh in that '79 tournament. Oklahoma lost to Indiana State or Indiana State, the Larry Bird's team. So Oklahoma was in that it was in that tournament as well, and then Tubbs ended up going over there the next year.
4: Hey Greg, speaking of yeah. those speaking of those brackets, uh, what do you think about when Obama was first in office and he was doing his brackets on national TV and said, "I got to go back to the good old days with uh, Magic Bird and Kelser?
1: You know what? Uh, somebody called me that morning, woke me up, and said, "Hey, did you hear? You got a shout out from the president." I couldn't it- believe it. Yeah. that was stunning for me that was stunning i so appreciate it though <laughs> yeah i was a i was a i was a new kind of celebrity for uh for a few days after that now, that, was, that was tremendous but you know what it, it i think at the time he was probably 17 and uh you know probably one of his childhood memories that he'll never forget and we all have them we all have them well, I'll tell you what, G, you're one of the best in the
3: business, man. I'm glad to call you a friend, and I appreciate you coming on and taking the time. We're back to work tomorrow. Yeah, yes, we got Milwaukee. <laughs> uh, we got Atlanta, and then we got back-to-back with uh, Indiana, in Indiana. And we going on a, a four- or five-day road trip. So right. off the road to being back on the road.
1: There it is. Well, Stacey, I appreciate you, man. Anytime you want me on, just give me a call. You're, you know, I, 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 I admire you. I enjoy your work. And – uh I look forward to seeing you again soon. And and
2: Greg, uh, Stacy's a big business and what's the right word? Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. It's a French word. He's got got his own (laughs) signature hot sauce. So we're going to send you some of those bottles your way so you can sample the the best hot sauce in the business.
1: Now, now I got Tim's name and your name is Mark. Mark. Mark and Tim. Hey, guys, enjoy being on here with you as well. Thank you.
3: Maddie's going to get your address to send this, uh, my signature hot sauce. Trust me, it'll be some of the All best right. hot sauce you have ever tasted. Boy. I love hot sauce. I look forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to you getting it. Give me your review. I will.
2: Greg Kelser, our special guest on give me the hot sauce. We're coming back. We'll talk a little bit of football and what we're watching on TV. That's next on give me the hot sauce. Well, you heard our special guest, Greg Kelser. Can't wait to get his shipment of Stacy's special <laughs> hot sauce. And, uh, we got a special guest to tell you how you can get your bottles as well. Christopher Walken, back from Fort Myers.
4: Hi. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we missed you last show.
4: I, I doubt it. I mean, there was no fan, <laughs> fanfare at all. No one cared. All right. Are you looking to score some of the hottest sauce in the game? Well, you're in luck. We've got all the saucy kitchen needs from Chicago Fire 1871. The hottest of the bunch our King's favorite, St. Pet's Verde. <laughs> Give me the hot sauce has got you covered. Stop by gimme the hot sauce.com. Use code KING21 to get 21% off your first order.
2: It's good to have you back, Chris. Thanks. So what, what was uh, what was Whispers doing on Fort Myers? Did he, did he package any hot sauce when he was down there?
4: He was packing something that wasn't hot sauce.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is a rated G channel, buddy.
4: I was talking about his concealed carry.
2: Oh, oh. You got Kiss Hill, I do. Well, you got to when you're a big star like you, Christopher Walken.
4: That's right. You never know when you got to whack somebody. Do you have it now? That's right.
3: <laughs> Maybe you need to go to a different room, Christopher Walken. <laughs> you know, he's on this little raw. Show Christopher Walken, show the little raw dye you're on. He's cleansing America because he's tired of getting packed with hot sauce. <laughs> so he's decided to
4: cleanse. <laughs> I think you can do the hot sauce cleanse, too. If you drink enough of that believe we'll me just, out. just yeah.
3: like whispers just
2: like whispers
4: <laughs> it's good for you don't look at you. me D you're next
2: <laughs> hey the last oh. NFL playoff game is in the books the San Francisco 49ers oh, hung on to beat the Dallas Cowboys 19 oh. to 12 None of the games were particularly exciting uh, this oh, weekend. They, they, some people call it the best weekend in sports. We get the four oh, semifinalists man. going head to head, but the you know uh, Patrick Mahomes got hurt, and that game wasn't wasn't that great. Giants got destroyed by the Eagles, and the game uh, Buffalo didn't really play well this afternoon either. So it was, it was kind of a weird semifinal round. I will tell you what,
3: give Cincinnati credit; they went into Buffalo in the snow and won that oh, game. Oh, they
4: played Completely well. Completely yeah.
3: dominated the Buffalo Bills, which I don't think anyone thought was going to happen, all right? Joe Burrow
4: he's is the real deal. deal. He's oh, yeah. the man.
3: Yeah. He's the real deal. Yeah, Joey B, he's the real deal. Joe not, cool. Get some more fur yeah, coats. Cool. Yeah, get some more <laughs> fur coats coming there with the chain on uh in Kansas City. He's going up against Patrick Mahomes, who's not 100%, and they could win that game because it's yeah. not like – Well, they beat him last year in listen, Kansas City. Listen, Kansas City does not – you don't fear Kansas City now, especially with Patrick Mahomes not being a yeah, hundred. If you he can't he's scramble, got to, make I think the he's got a third degree sprain, they said high ankle
2: sprain. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. A high ankle sprain is no joke. It's not no, like they can them wave their magic no. wand and and seven days later he's no. gonna be better. And
3: and the thing about the thing about Patrick Mahomes is because he moves around the pocket so much and, and really extends plays. That is going to really limit his ability to do those things and uh, to evade a rush. You know, I mean, Cincinnati's got a pretty good, solid defense, you know, so especially in the front four, uh, they can put a lot of enormous pressure on him. They could blitz because they know that he can't move around. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to have to they're going to have to use some bubble screens. Um, I'm sure Andy
2: Reid's going to have a game plan to, to go against what they're going to face against Cincinnati. And there's no fear factor for the Bengals going in there because they beat them last year. Matter of fact, they've beaten them three times in a row counting regular season games. So they're going to go into Kansas City, and and they're going to feel like, hey, we're the favorites in this game against the Chiefs. Well,
3: as long as you got Joe Cool there. I mean, yeah. uh,
2: that that kid exudes
3: confidence. And, you know, Jamar Chase is an excellent tee. T. T. Uh, Higgins is another great receiver. And then Joe Mixon was the reason why they run today. Yeah. You know, Joe Mixon, uh, boomer sooner, Joe. Shout, yeah. Shout out to the sooner boy. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think he had over 105 yards rushing and really kept, uh, you know, Buffalo's defense on the field and their offense off the field.
2: The Eagles look great in just dismantling the New York Giants on Saturday night. And 49ers got through with Brock Purdy, but that was probably one of his uh, less impressive efforts. Uh, Of course, he was the last pick in the draft this year and has done a magnificent job getting them as far as he has. How do you look at that San Francisco-Philadelphia matchup? First of all,
3: America, I just want to say the Cowboys need to make a quarterback change. They need to get a new quarterback. Dak Prescott is just not doing it for them. I'm just... He was good last week against Tampa, know, Bay. You know, yeah, on, Tampa,
2: Bay. Tampa Bay. Yeah, but come on. That's Tampa Bay.
3: Come on, man. Everybody's, you know, listen. Dak Prescott got through two interceptions today. They were Early, costly, yeah. costly mm-hmm. interceptions. Uh, his, his inability to move the ball down the field. I mean, C.D. Lamb was open in full stride, blew right by the cornerback. All you had to do is throw it up there and let it run underneath it. Couldn't even get it there. And and then the biggest problem I have with Dak Prescott is, is you are supposed to be a dual threat quarterback. You are no longer a dual threat quarterback. You have now just regulated yourself to be the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton, because all you do is stay in the pocket. Sometimes in these situations, man, you've got to move. you got to get out and run and get that first down. You can't keep trying to look. Uh, for an open man, I mean, keep your eyes up the field. But when you got lanes to run, you got to run. Get the ten yards, get out of bounds, slide, do whatever you got to do. It's almost like he's afraid. Me and Tim were talking about it. It's almost like he's afraid because he's been hit so many times that he he refuses to run.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're also going to be in the market for a new kicker as Brett Maher. Uh, oh, man, really hurt them in the postseason. Although it was yeah. not, he did hey, miss an extra point that was blocked, but that was not a deciding factor in the game on Sunday night. Hey, uh, Tim, your guy uh, drew the water guru. Stacy sent something out on the group text with him doing his little spiel.
4: Yeah, talking about Forever Chemical. Do we have that? What what was that? that? Do we have it, guys? He puts out these videos all the time.
2: Has he got like millions of followers? no, he's got, eight,
3: he's got eight followers. Eight. eight followers. And that was his family, his, uh, his, uh, his
2: children's friends. That's how, eight followers. But when I was watching, I'm thinking, okay, he's practicing. And then then now we'll do the real one, you know? No,
3: when I, no, saw, no. When I saw him, he had a white beater on with like, he had hair, on his, hair on his shoulders. And he had like a, a, a marinara sauce stain on his shirt. So, I mean, you know, I'm like, and he's trying to sell water. I'm like, I wouldn't buy water from this guy. Where'd he get it from? Where'd he get the water from the
4: toilet? Did you listen oh, to what he was talking about, the Forever Chemicals?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I
4: mean, he does give good information. It's kind of scary.
3: Chief Little Legs, if you're out there listening, because I know you are, hey man, we love you, man. Yeah. But listen, hey, listen. Just put <laughs> just put
2: his shirt on next time. So, so tell yeah. the folks about Angel Water. Yeah, yeah, ahead, Come Tim. on. Oh, I'm gonna read it. Read it, Tim. All right. There's a After we destroy After we destroyed, <laughs> yeah, after him my... destroyed our his <laughs> yeah. best friend. He destroyed <laughs> Sorry, his best friend.
3: <laughs> just lost another sponsor.
4: <laughs> Sorry, Drew, the water guru. There's a lot of nasty crap in Chicago water, there And you go. uh that's why we only drink the high quality angel water with no forever chemicals in it, right here, here in the Hot Sauce Studios. Stay hydrated all year long with and water. It is you can hot trust. in
2: the Hot Sauce Studios. It, it is very toasty. It's
4: hot. It could be the sweaters you guys are wearing. <laughs> well, it's
3: freaking cold outside. What do you
4: think? Yeah, but it's not cold in here.
3: Well, you want us to walk, walk around with a woman beater, a wife beater on in here? I mean, what are you I talking think we about? should try that one? No, know? it's hot as Just hell in wear here, wear man. Tank tops. Oh my god, I'm like frosting a snowman in Vegas at a pool party. <laughs> Jesus.
4: Call 847-382-7800 to get your water tested for free today by Drew the Water Guru. Drew,
3: I, I need another bottle of water, please. I'm, I'm dying out here, man. It's, I'm dying. I'm just slowed down. I drink, look, this is so good, I drink it. Look, there he is on the bottle. It's hot in here, man.
2: It's getting hot in here. <laughs> Time for our favorite segment, What Are We Watching? Brought to you by none other than Bigger's Mazda. Bigger's! Their sizzling new Elgin location at Randall Road is the biggest Mazda store in the state of Illinois. Recently celebrating their grand opening, Bigger's is offering a bottle of Stacy's signature hot sauce with the first test drives of new or pre-owned vehicles. Your choice, everything from the coolest SUVs to a stunning Miata Come join the fun at 2100 Randall Road in Elgin at Biggers Mazda. Biggers. Of course, Stacey's Biggers. been in Paris, really having had a chance. to Did you ever finish uh, the half season of Yellowstone? Did you get through that? Yet? Uh, no. All right. Well, I won't, I won't give you any spoilers. No, don't, don't say anything. Oh, Mark.
4: remember that one part, Mark?
2: Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like Chris Farley. Remember the time? That was awesome. That
4: was awesome. So t- whispers, you got something that you can sell the folks on? Well, we uh I did Avatar 2 like uh still oh, did. Just okay. did and yes, I did. Avatar too. But th- but what's really disturbing is that show White Lotus. I watched the first season, now in the second one. Yeah. Because people were talking about it. Wow.
2: <laughs> did you see on Saturday Night Live yesterday they did Black Lotus? No. With Aubrey Plaza was the host. It was hilarious. Oh, no, I that go was back funny. And Check that. that out. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Have you watched that?
2: White Lotus? Yeah. I got through two episodes, just didn't care for it.
4: No, that's the thing. I'm like this has to go somewhere. So I kind of yeah. force myself to yeah. and then it does get really kind of intense and just right. completely off the rails. And uh yeah, because of where it goes it it is actually worth watching.
3: Yeah, it's it's
2: I started watching it's, it's it. It's disturbing. It's yeah. Yeah, it's very disturbing. Very it's disturbing. got a good following though. You know, people people enjoy it.
4: It's a dark comedy too. You have to recognize that because you right. you have to laugh. I mean some of the stuff the, the husband is Steve's on. Yeah, he just kills yeah. me. And the stuff he says Steve's to his kid on is and funny. stuff. Yeah, he kills.
2: You got anything for the folks, Stacey? I know you've been out of, out of the country, oh, so man. you really probably haven't been watching much TV.
3: Well, I went to go see Avatar, Avatar 2 today, and uh, how, how many years was it between the two?
4: About a hundred.
3: It, man, it seems like it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, and they
4: didn't cool. age, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but we do. I know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we aged. okay? But it was I think it was over three hours.
4: And then Sigourney yeah. Weaver playing a kid. That was kind of yeah, yeah. bizarre. That was kind of weird. Yeah. It worked.
3: Uh, Yeah. Okay. Well, sort of, uh, but it was good though. It was three hour movie. It was good. Saw it over at star grill. Shout out to star grill. Um, Oh,
4: yeah. Intriguing. Your guy's back there. I saw him the other day. Yeah, but
3: he wasn't there today. It was terrible service. I'm
4: just oh. going to throw that out
3: there. It was terrible service today. <laughs> <laughs> my waiter was bad and the service was bad. So, But if my man my man was there, it wouldn't have happened. So I'm going to throw that out there. Shout out to Stark Real. You know you won't probably won't sponsor us now, but I don't care. Okay? <laughs> so I saw Avatar. And then second is The Woman King. Get my second one up there, guys. The Woman King. I'm going to tell you something. If you have not seen this movie, check it out. This is an awesome movie. This is kind of like the black Panther, but without the costume, yeah. she, she is uh she's this lady here is the head, like the general of the King's army. And it's all nothing but women. And so these women, they go in and they do these missions and they go, you know, they fight men, you know, they're fighting the Westerners and it's, I'm telling you, man, it's a, it's a great story. It's a great, a lot of action. Um, I suggest people to go see that. And, um, it's worth it. It's it's really. I forgot her name. What's her, what's the name of that actress right there? Do you know? We'll, um,
2: we'll get the hot sauce crew. Yeah, on the right. hot
3: sauce crew. They yeah. they're looking at me like, oh, what are you talking about?
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I found a show that was a lot of fun to watch called The Recruit on Netflix about a young attorney who's looking for something more exciting. So he joins the CIA as he's supposed to be a lawyer for the CIA, oh, yeah. and he gets thrown out. Remake? He gets thrown out into the field, and he gets in this high level controversy. You know, trying to. Uh, get this uh, Russian prisoner not to drop a dime on the CIA, and it's it's really twisted. But there's a lot of humor in it, which is which makes it a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of these shows kind of follow the same formula. But he's got a bunch of his coworkers that uh, he's the new guy. Obviously, you can see by the photo how young he is, and they're all they're all trying to sabotage him. So it's a lot of fun, a lot of humor along the way.
3: Yeah, and I, I, uh, I was talking to Francisco. He was watching uh, to catch a predator because he was on episode seventeen. Uh, <laughs> Chris Hansen, Chris Hansen caught it. Chris Hansen, <laughs> you know who I am, <laughs> sir. Why are you? Th- why are you there with that uh, Mount Prospect tight T-shirt? On?
4: <laughs> I don't know why Nick's laughing. He was on. What, what, what would you do with John Keonis <laughs> <laughs>
2: There's um, the hot sauce crew. That's the
3: hot sauce crew right there. Chris Hansen popped out. Of, he popped out of the kitchen. <laughs> he said, "He said, uh, what are you doing with that tight T-shirt? All you had in the ninth grade." Well, Chris, uh, is it okay if I leave? Yeah, you can leave. (laughs) As soon as you walk that door, you got mobbed by like eight police officers.
4: (laughs) We have some good news and some bad news. (laughs) Bad news is the girl you're talking to isn't showing up.
3: Seriously, seriously, no, America. He wasn't uh, wasn't on to catch a predator, but I I love that show. (laughs) I love that show, man. (laughs) I, I, I mean, it's... I love Chris Hansen when he pops out of nowhere, you know, the little girl the goes, little girl, the little girl go, I'll be right back. I've been checking on the cookies. <laughs> and then the guy comes in here and he goes, just make yourself comfortable. And the guy starts taking his clothes off. He's sweating. It's hot. Like in this room It's hot. He's sweating. And then all of a sudden Chris Hansen pops out in his little suit. Uh, so John seven, two, seven, four, two, four, one, what are you doing? Why are you here? Oh, I I was just here to I was just here to you know t- they said it was going to be a party. Do you see any people? <laughs> I love Chris Hansen, man. Seriously, <laughs> I, I, I love him. Mean, I, until he got caught, he got caught doing something.
0: He got <laughs> Chris, he Hansen, got doing yeah, Chris yeah. Hansen
3: got caught doing something. Yeah, uh, Chris Hansen got caught doing something. Somebody caught him. So uh, sorry, Chris Hansen. I didn't want to tell everybody that, but you did get caught doing something. Well, hey, ne- next back. show,
2: next show, we're gonna have to get uh, Mike's. What what is he watching? You're, oh, Windy City driving?
3: Oh boy, yeah.
2: Mike is getting ready to go to the Springsteen concert.
3: Is uh, he's going to you know he's a big Bruce Springsteen yeah, fan. Yeah. Okay, uh, Mike listens to Bruce Springsteen all the time. I'm not. I don't got Mike tonight. Oh, you don't have Mike. I, right. I, 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 drove, I drove Sheila myself, baby. Oh. I was at the movie, baby. I had to drive myself. Uh-huh. So Mike, Mike is going to the to the uh, Bruce Springsteen concert. He's going to one and there's one in. uh, Tampa Bay, uh, there's one overseas, and I, I think it's uh, Paris. I think it's in, in France he's going there. And so shout out to my man, Mike. Business uh, is good for Mike. Yeah, my business is booming. Yeah, He's working for me tomorrow because we got he's going to take me to the game tomorrow night. He's going to pick me up and take me to the airport. He's going to pick me up on Saturday when I come. He was there for me when I came home from France. Nice. He had a Lou Malnati's pizza waiting for me. That's not, that, not a half a chicken? No, no. He went, he, he, he texted me. He said, hey, you, I'm going to pick you up. Do you want me to grab you a Lou Malnottis? Like a small one. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. He got one too, right? Nice. And so he ate his before I came in. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Shout out to Mike, man. Yeah. Mike's always taking care of me. Windy City Limousine provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy. It's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full core pressure of traffic to get you to your destination in style and on time. Contact Windy City at 847-916-9300. That's 847-916-9300. Or go online to WindyCityLimos.com.
2: And all you criminals out there, stay out of Whisper's yeah, Neighborhood. Yeah, stay he's, out of there. he's had a rough time. Yeah, man. stay yeah. out of there. Wow. Yeah, yeah,
3: stay out of there. Yeah. It's a rough time, yeah. man. Chris Hansen on you. We'll pull Chris Hansen on you. Don't do it.
2: Yeah. So so, what happens when you're done with the cleanse? How do you celebrate that
4: cleanse? Oh, I'm gonna go ahead and get a big nasty, steak,
1: <laughs> a few beers.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: no, it's a, no, it's not gonna be pretty. Just destroy just all that like work you done.
4: The and, work. You know what it says? Yeah. It says you have to ease yourself back sure. into it. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, no. You got to blitz it.
2: That's yeah. the way you live your life. Yeah.
4: Bro. Nah, he's yeah. going yeah. after the
3: cleanse. He's going straight to the steam room, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's just gonna sit in there. Man, man code, code violation. 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 Yes, yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> what the? That's, heck? The That's a new
4: violation. Like
3: yes, we can say it. Yes, we can. He's going to the man. He's going to the. He's going to the steam room because you know he'll have his abs be be you know some definition of his abs because in yeah. five days of not eating
2: anything but just drinking juice. Yeah, he's Ooh. not going to show off a six pack. He's no. going to drink a six pack and then, in right. and then he'll
3: be out there, you know, <laughs> you, you he'll know, bounce like,
4: right back. <laughs> just a liquid
3: diet. That's impressive, though, for him to be on liquid diet. That's impressive.
2: And you this know. one's actually healthy.
3: Yeah, As opposed yeah. to
4: the
2: usual liquid
3: diet. He let me taste yeah, it. He let me taste his little watermelon water.
4: Yeah. I mean, beer is plant-based. Yeah, it was. Um, not a lot of water in it. It wasn't that good. <laughs> it wasn't that good. Well, there's, no it su- was a- there's no sugar in it. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm so saying. how many more days, Whisper? Four more. This is Four the first now. day. Oh, he just
2: started. Oh, just my goodness. Oh. And Maddie was kind enough. She brought enough pizza to feed an army and wings and the whole yeah. bed. And,
1: and Whisper's yeah. is drinking water. Yeah, I get the water. to stare
3: at it. Yeah, yeah, that's all I can do is stare at it, in America.
2: It's okay, though. It's the thought that counts. Yeah. We want to thank our guest, Greg Kelser. He was fantastic <laughs> talking about playing with Magic Johnson, on a 79 Great title guest. team. Of course, now he's a broadcaster for the Pistons, and he was over in Paris for the game with the Bulls and the Pistons earlier this week. Bulls have a busy week coming up with four games, a chance to maybe move up in the Eastern Conference standings. You want to tell the folks about our guests coming up next week, or is that still uh, under wraps? Can we announce that or, or no? What day is that? February 1st. <laughs> oh, February 1st. We got a
3: surprise guest, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> The one and only Michelle Beadle will be on the show. And she will bring the hot sauce. Yes. And wait a minute. Future guest America, the big baller himself, LeVar Ball, baby, will be on the (laughs) show at some point. I had a I had opportunity to talk to LaVar in, in uh Paris. Yeah. I'll tell you what, a very entertaining guy, man. He's gonna give me some big baller gear. He's gonna send me some. I just talked to uh his guy Joe. Uh they're gonna be on the, he's gonna be on the show. We're gonna get some get some big ball. Y'all not getting any big baller gear. It's just me. Yeah. And uh, you know, and then uh, the <laughs> Sriracha crew, I'm getting them some.
2: All right, so look forward to that. Some more A-list guests coming up on yeah, Give I, It Hot Sauce. I, I'm
3: sorry, guys. I just lied. You're not getting shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. It's just a thought. I just wanted to sound really cool on the air. I'm sorry. D, for your little comment earlier,
2: you're not getting nothing, okay? Hey, thanks to all the folks on the YouTube chat. We'll be coming at you again next week with a brand new episode. That's going to do it for 115. It's in the books. 115.
3: Drive home safe to oh, Chicago.
1: preseason, but I'm high Jimmy cheap bucket
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Listen to every MLB game live. the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates.
1: The Midwest League home run
0: leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep
2: left field. It's going to go. Alvarez
0: Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.